Are you planning your next travel adventure? Are you using AI-generated content? Or are you listening to travel podcasts, watching travel shows, reading books, memoirs, articles? How are you doing it? We here at Big Blend Radio feel it's really cool to connect with the travel writers and the destinations, the actual tour companies, to see what's going on. They know. They know their land. They've been there, done that. And today we're excited to welcome back Sharon K. Kurtz to Big Blend Radio to talk about her travel writing experience as a writer, an award-winning photographer, and just her career of doing this. She's been to, about, I think, around 60 countries, six continents. She started her writing career after running three companies and saying, hey, when my kids went off to college, I'm going to go do this. And she's been very successful at it. And uh, we love that she is part of our Big Blend radio family. So enjoy this conversation. We hope it inspires you to travel, to follow your dreams personally and professionally, and get outside our comfort zones, right? Because that's how we grow. Welcome to Big Blend Radio, where we celebrate variety and how it adds spice to quality of life. Welcome, everybody. You know, Nancy and I love to have different guests on our show, and we have new guests. We have old friends as well that come on and share their expertise and often their travels and adventures. And Sharon Kurtz is one of our Big Blend radio friends here. And so she's been on our show a few times. Sometimes she takes us to Egypt. Sometimes she takes us to Texas. You never know. Sometimes it could be Poland. Um, You know, so she's been around the world, and you're going to hear more from her on Big Blend Radio. So we wanted to just sit down and have a chat with her and have you get to know her a little bit more than all the destinations she's always talking about. But first, Sharon, welcome back. How are you? Thank you, Lisa. I'm very well. Now, you just came back from the same place Nancy and I just came back from. Number one, you're in Austin, which is where we just came back from. But we all ended up within, I think we were across, we probably could have waved at each other driving. You were going in as we were leaving uh, Port Aransas. And I know we're going to do a show. We're going to do a show in the future on this because there's an amazing wildlife refuge. So what was it like going and traveling within your own state? (laughs) Let's put it that way, because normally it's an international conversation. Well, I like writing local stories and, you know, I'm I'm a traveler. I like to go far from places, but I'd never spent much time on the Texas coast because I moved from Dallas. And when you live in North Texas, it's eight hours to the Texas coast driving. So Austin is only three hours and I got an invitation to visit uh, from the Visitors Bureau to write about the Whooping Crane Festival. These migratory birds, the they're endangered. Uh, they winter on the Texas Gulf Coast. And oh, I loved Port Aransas. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful town and it's got all that idyllic seaside kind of, didn't you feel like a kid? going yes. there like I, I wanted like a, a an ice cream cone and you know that yeah what kind of feeling it, it felt like you could say go play kids and have them go down to the ice cream shop and on their bicycles and and yeah you, you can walk the beach for miles and miles and oh, it's not awesome. it doesn't feel built up or commercialized it just feels natural yeah I loved it it's remind me of um Tybee Island outside of Savannah yeah. a bit 
I know that. that same thing. Yeah, it's beautiful. And so what's interesting to me is you're off doing a park and over the time that you've been on our show through the International Food Wine Travel Writers Association, if we say IFTWA, everyone is so much easier. Um, you are always in an, in a you know cultural destination. It seems that you focus a lot on, on history and culture. So this trip to Port Aransas was interesting because now you're getting into nature. So yes. you as a travel writer, do you have a main focus or do you want to see what's going on? Do you find like we're the blend because we can't stop. Like everything is interesting to us. Yes. <laughs> I'm like you. We, we oh, are cool. birds of a feather. I'm a yeah. blend. I just love people and learning and history mm-hmm. and culture and culinary. I love to write about food and wine. So mm-hmm. when I get to a destination, uh, I can't wait to dig deeper um, and so nature, yeah, I love to write about nature experiences. So how many countries do you think you've been to? About upwards of 60. And do you wow. know, most of them have been since I've been 50 years old. See, this is good. This is good inspiration because I'm hitting that, that um, age. It's coming and it, it wants to grab me by the hook. You, go, yeah. you, you know it, it's it's like you you look at it and you go oh no and then I read like Martha Stewart built her empire when she was 50 yes when she was 50 so it's kind of we have to look at it as not as a a you know it we need to look at it as a positive let's put it that right. way right we need a new mindset you know we are not our grandmother's generation you don't and when you retire you just don't sit home and knit or watch soaps or you know, take care of grandkids only. I do that. If, but if I say that only. to Nancy, you know, she has like a middle finger for a reason. And if that's <laughs> she'll tell me no. She's like, she's, she's, you know, she's my mom and we're still doing this together. So that tells you something of like, it's, there is no stopping. And yes. I love that, that you, you know, that's a lot of countries since you were 50, that's 60 countries. I mean, that is amazing. I- and um, as a solo traveler, too, you yes, do this yes. as well. I, I, as you know, I led tours for 10 years, almost wow. 10 years, and that got me to a lot of destinations. But when you're leading a tour, you are working. And so it's not the same as experiencing it as a travel writer where I can just go over and talk to anyone who looks interesting and get the backstory because I have a job to do. So anyway, that got to me to a lot of places. I met a lot of interesting women, but now I enjoy just being a travel writer and traveling in that way. And you take amazing photos. Um, Did that, was that something that came natural to you or did you take courses to do your writing and photography? Cause you're, you're excellent at both. That's why you're here. Thank you. Well, I did take a, I I'm kind of what you would call a serial entrepreneur. I've only worked for myself in my life. And I had three, two companies. And then when my children, uh, my two sons were raised and gone. And I thought I, my company kept me in Dallas and very busy with people to support and product to produce. And I said to my husband, I said, you know, travel is my first love. And I need, I can, I can be free now. I don't, Mm. you know, my children are raised and now I can travel. And so anyway, when I was 59, I sold my last business 
and was free to travel. And I did a whole lot of it in the first few years uh, as much as I could. And then I kind of um, was leading tours and writing more and more. When I owned my last business, I had, I produced a catalog of my products. I made stone oh. art. And oh. so I always had a page from the artist and I would use, describe the collection, my inspiration. And that was kind of like the impetus for, for, for writing for travel. That's interesting. You know, um, when we lived in South Africa as a teenager, I had a jewelry company and I started and I carried that on when we got here oh, and yeah. And I'm allergic to jewelry. I'm allergic to metal. Go figure. So I can <laughs> yeah. even, I, I started wearing my own and it, and I don't care how high grade it is. But what happened is the company failed. And this is why I got stuck in the history of beads, the history of, of how, all, what the colors meant. Cause then I started creating stories about, then I was like, this design is by this color because this tribe and this culture this represents this. And I got so into it that I didn't make anything because I was into the stories. <laughs> of, like, there, 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 there is a book on the history of beads and there's museums and, you know, it was part of like um, trade and, and people were traded for beads, actual human beings, you know, yes. like cowrie shells were a part of slave trade history. Um, they were traded. That was a, a, a form of money way back when. And people were traded for cowrie shells. And um, so, like, once I got into that, then, like, I was more interested in that than designing the jewelry. So I was a good business person. Well, my my company, it was it, it fodder for what I do now because yeah. I was like that. I was de- I would design new collections, and they always had a focus. I went to Venice one time. I took my college-age son with me because – I recreated in stone the floor of a palace that was only in Venice. And uh, so travel was always important to me and I always wove it into my designs. And so that led to this. So that's what life is. It's just a series of, you just keep adding to what it. you've learned and grow. And it's the there's no such thing as, you know, being too old to do anything. I love that. You're like Peterman from uh, Seinfeld with, with the catalog. Yes. And he's, he was always in, in Africa, you know, with this hat made me do this. You know, they were yeah. writing that. But I, I think it, it, it's interesting about that because travel, like I remember when you went to Egypt and you, and you wrote that and, and were on the show about it and you were, you know, COVID had just hit and there was this opportunity to go and no one was going and you're like, I'm going and oh, you yes. got on a plane and went and you had your own, you know, time with King Tut. I mean, who, I mean, all who, I can, who gets I that experience have, that I can now say, I have been, <laughs> I have been in the Luxor temple by myself wandering around with no tourist. And at the time people thought I was a little nuts and I had serious conversations with my family that said, mom yeah what are you doing what are you doing but nothing happened I didn't give COVID to anyone I didn't catch it and I got to see Egypt like no one has seen Egypt since I don't know the 1800s it seems unless you were the guide you had the yes I had a guide and I had a driver I think because you're out in the desert sunshine that you weren't going to get COVID because there's something about being outside and you it just the outdoors is like medicine to me that's my own personal 
you know, and yes, you can get COVID and, and, you know, it is still around. It's like, you know, it's like that cough that never goes away. Everyone has one, you know, it's horrible, but you've got to do this because you said, Hey, I'm going even if your family. And that's the thing I think as uh, single travelers, single solo women travelers, um, family can go, I don't want you to go. It looks yes. dangerous. Even when you went to Poland, I brought that up with you. Yes. Um, and everybody that, that interviews watch for that. Um, you went to Poland and at this time, and I said to you, well, Poland was a refuge for a lot of people bailing Ukraine. It was a safety yes. zone and, and a scary place. And you're like, well, there's this part of Poland and there's this part of Poland. And, but when we watch the news, we're listening more to headlines than actually yes. understanding what a country is about. Yes. So when you were in Poland, did you feel like you were understanding maybe what was going on a little bit more than what we're getting from the news? A little bit more. When I went in October, they were having elections and their, their politics are like ours. People are divided. It's, oh, wow. it's, it's um, kind of tense right now in Poland mm. and then with the refugees and being so close to Russia. But I guess I need uh, people to know that I, I am a modern traveler. I don't take a necessary risk. I don't do stupid things. I, I have mm-hmm. a plan. Everyone always knows where I am. Um, I get travel insurance, very important. And mm-hmm. I also get what's called um, evacuation insurance. That's a yes. separate policy. So if anything happens to me, if I, I don't know, fall off a curb, things, stranger things have happened, not to me, but in, and break my hip. Well, that I know that that policy will get me home, get me to my own doctor. So I, I don't take unnecessary risks, but I don't let what's happening in the world stop me. Mm. I'm still going. Yeah. You know, um, we actually just had this conversation, Linda Kassam, you know, her from too, right? Past president. And she's on our shows every month. And her and I just had this conversation about insurance um, because her and her husband go boating. They, they sailed in the Pacific Northwest six months out of the year, every summer off their, off they go. And she says there is specific insurance, like the evacuation that you're talking about, but if you're out in the water, like if something happens to her husband, she needs to be taken care of. You know, yes. she's not sailing the ship. You know, right, she's like, right. I'm not, I'm the diva. I'm not doing it. You know, so there's different things. So I think, and then uh, Linda Ballou, who's on our show all the time, she talks about evacuation insurance because she fell, she had an accident on a horse, uh, a, a trail ride expedition th- through the Sierras. She was following in the footsteps of John Muir on this expedition and i can't remember if she fell off the horse or she stumbled in something because she also wrote a story on it so like a whole book um so i'm going to get her story straight with the book um but basically they had to life jetter out they had to helicopter out of the sierras and at that time she wasn't even aware of the insurance but luckily there were military guys off duty that were bored and they needed something to do so they took her they didn't charge her but it would have been thousands of oh, dollars yes. yeah thousands uh, amazing like uh, i went to uh, you know one of these travel and adventure shows a good 10 years ago when i started traveling a lot and peter greenberg the famous journalist mm-hmm. who writes and is on television he had a session about this and he said if you fall and break your hip you have to literally get home you have to buy a seat in first class so you can lay flat 
you might have to fly your loved one over to help you. And all of those costs for a simple cost of a yearly uh, or per trip or yearly annual um, Mm. policy, it might cost $50,000 for one accident. So yeah, it's worth, I, it's peace of mind also for my Mm. family that I've got, I think we're going to have to do a show on travel insurance. I think we're going to have to do one and have all the travel writers come on and talk about this because it is something that we, you know, we, we just go, yeah, yeah, yeah. That won't happen. It's like, do you get the extra insurance when you rent a car? You know, (laughs) yes, do it. It's worth it. You know, it's like when you buy a car, a brand new car, you buy gap insurance. You know, don't get off, drive off the lot because there is that chance. You drive off the lot, you get hit, and you do not get the full value of the car, you know, if you don't have gap insurance. So this is a very good thing. And also showing that, hey, yes, I'm going to take risks, but they're calculated risks, right? So And it's it's peace of mind. Is anything going to happen? Probably not. But that, you know things happen and yeah it's nice to know that you are covered and you have a plan okay so this goes to spontaneity right so as a travel writer a lot of times we work with destinations and you know their marketing organizations and they come up with these itineraries that you basically never sleep right you're right. it's it's a whirlwind but you do get what's called a fam tour it's like a familiarization trip and for, you know, readers who read the writing or listen to podcasts on travel, you get the sense of what is. And no matter what, I don't know any of us who just always want to go back because we never did all of it, right? Right. So we always are left with that. But there's always something that's going to change on you. And so mm-hmm. don't you kind of always want that little bit of spontaneity in that itinerary, no matter what, who we're working with, you want that window of, Yes. Just, I want to go focus on this more than what they gave me as an itinerary. That is true. Uh, That's kind of important that a lot of time that's where my stories come from. It is something that I've seen and I want to go talk to that fisherman and find Mm -hmm. out what he's catching and what his history is. Uh, That's what makes it exciting for me. And I think readers appreciate that, that they're getting a story that's not canned it's not uh you know it's Copied definitely from wikipedia it's not ai it's actually yeah. the writer who has had these experiences well that's something in our one of our recent magazines you know we put all our experts in there now and even in the editor's block i'm like you know what we're in this age now where these are the people behind the stories right these are the writers these are the people coming on our podcast and I, what i love about podcasts is good luck ai trying to figure out what we're doing <laughs> you know what yes. I mean? Because this is a conversation, there's a give and take. And are you going to try and duplicate that? I mean, they probably can do all of that stuff, but this is real. And so when I think it's one of our last mediums left, honestly, because they're attacking the arts with it. And I'm not against AI because there's a lot of good tools, you know, but um, I think when it comes to travel, I want to hear from someone who walks the walk. So in a travel experience for me, even if it is a fam trip where I've been invited and they have an itinerary, I want the ability to pivot. I, if I see something interesting, I want to go after it. And that's what makes, as you say, that's what makes travel so fascinating. Mm. Thinking about you when you're in Egypt, you know, you coming from your last business with stonework that had to 
blow your mind. It was. I saw original carved, you know, art and hieroglyphics carved into temples that were ages old. And it, it was it was amazing. Yeah. That's Coming surreal. from what I did, I made stone plaques where I wanted them to look old, to have age. And here I was seeing the original work. It wow. was like, did you want to start your business again? <laughs> you know, some, some, I am a creative person. And so travel writing is creative, uh, but sometimes I, you know, that's just life. You have nostalgia for what you did. I worked so hard, but I loved my work and yeah, I still, and I still do at home find a way to work my, that into my life still. But yeah, I, yeah. sometimes I get the itch. I go somewhere and I think I could create a collection around this. This is not something you see every day. And, but you know, life moves on. Well, I think, I think through your photography, you're doing a good job of that, of the visuals of the yeah. art side that way with your photography, you know, wasn't it you on a show when you were on a travel writer panel talking about when you take a photo, look at where you're walking. Oh, yes. You I was that? the one who fell in a hole in Tanzania, Africa, because I was <laughs> looking up, taking a photo of these flamingos in a, and I was mesmerized. I wasn't looking where I was going and I could have broken my, and that's where it would have been good to have. I'm glad I had insurance because yeah. I, I limped for a few days, but um, yeah, fell in a hole, not looking where I was going. Oh, Tanzania is amazing, isn't it? East Africa oh, it is. is, yeah, it is. Yeah, where have you not gone that you want to go? Let's see. Well, guess what? In in April, I'm going to uh, Machu Picchu in <gasps> Peru. That's cool. And I've and there's unrest invited. in in Peru right now too. There's unrest out there. Like yes, know. yeah. Machu Picchu is open right now, but I have been invited. I love for group travel. I love the company called Intrepid. Intrepid mm. Travels have travel experiences all over the world, but they they have women's expeditions. So I'm going to oh. go with nine other journalists. We're going to go to Cusco and Machu Picchu and meet with the indigenous uh, women there. That is so, cool. I don't know what brought up that point, but oh, that's where I want to go. That's where I'm going, going in April. Wow. Wow, that's going to be amazing. So do you keep physically fit to be able to do things like Machu Picchu? Because that's a climb. I know I know, a lady is. that did that and it and she's fit and she was in her 20s and it nailed her uh, quite a oh, bit. Yes, I actually I need to I need to up my game as far as uh, uh, hiking before I go. But another thing that's a little concerning for me is the altitude. Mm. You know, that's one of the highest places in the world. So I am going three days early on my own dime. It's what I usually do to have my mm. own time. And but you need to acclimate to the altitude that's smart. In, in a restful way, not like getting off the plane and, you know, hiking up to Machu Picchu. So that's yeah. where I'm going to try to acclimate myself. That's really smart. You're giving a lot of good travel tips here. Because well, good. Altitude is not funny. It actually affects people's no. blood pressure too. It's really important. Uh, some people travel with like a, a canister of oxygen and then they have what's called coca tea. It's actually 
from Ooh. coca leaves that you cannot bring them back with you. Don't stick them in your suitcase and think you're going to have some tea when you get back to the U.S. But it has properties that helps you, and the Mayans have used it for centuries to to help with health things. So that's another. Um, I'll be drinking lots of coca tea when I get there. She's going to be wound real up. happy. <laughs> She's yeah. going to be happy and, and wound up. <laughs> yeah, really. No, I think this is going to be exciting because again, you're. You, you're going into like this architectural paradise, you know? Yes. So I've been reaching, researching like crazy. That's another thing I love about travel writing is you don't travel as a bystander. I research ahead of time. And, and we all know that the anticipation for travel is almost as important as the trip. You, you have, you know, months and days to think about it. When I go to sleep at night, I'm thinking about my upcoming travels so do you get whole giddy, aspect? Like, you know, I have a friend who's a, a travel advisor and, and, you know, every time she's about to go somewhere, she's like, I didn't sleep last night. I'm like, I know you didn't. Cause yeah. I don't, I get giddy. Like I would know that we're going on a hike when even before the tour, like we would, you know, we're going to get up at four in the morning and go to this park, Saguaro National Park or somewhere. And I know that I'm going to see the sunrise. I'm going to feel earth come, to, come alive, you know? Yeah. And the night before, when you need your rest, I can't because I'm like a child. Like it yeah. becomes this giddiness and I get in the car and I'm like, are we there yet? I'm like so excited about going there. Yet, you know, as a traveler, all of the journey is part of it, right? Yes. But there's this, this thing that just takes over. Do you have that where it's like, it's hard to sleep before you go? Oh, I do. In fact, it's hard to sleep before I go. And then my body gets so messed up with the time changes that when I get home, like I'm still waking up at 4 a.m. because the time in mm -hmm. Poland from October and this is February and it's still hard for me. I wake up at four o'clock everywhere I go, no matter where. My, Isn't my, that We funny? don't have a clock anymore. And it's like, and so when, <laughs> just whenever you come on radio shows, double check my time zone because I, and then if I mess it up with somebody, I will always mess it up with them because I've been, you know, if I've been where they are and I've met them online or met them in person, I will forget where I am and think I'm there. Yeah. So my body goes that, so I can look at every calendar. Everybody's like, you know, you've got time and date.com. You've got all these things to yeah. look at where it is. Doesn't matter. I, don't, I can look at it till the cows come home. What my body says and what is happening are two different. Yes. Well, you're younger than I am, but my husband, he's so funny. Uh, my dad would wake up like if he came to visit us and he was going to leave the next day, we'd wake up and find out he got up at 1 a.m. and they took off. And so my husband calls me Wally. That was his name. So whenever I can't, <laughs> I wake up at four, uh, you know, he says, Wally, now come on, you, you need your so, rest. That's funny. That is funny. So where are you going this year in this country? Do right. you have any plans? Um, yes. In the fall, uh, I'm going to the Great Smoky Mountains, but they're awesome. on the, what's called the peaceful side. And I'm going to go to a fall festival. I'm so looking forward that Appalachia and uh, Appalachia and uh, crafts and mm. pumpkins and a wonderful, you know, down home fall festival. The colors are going to blow your mind. I, I know that we can see them in books and everything, but you have to go. That's the thing. It's um, 
we practically live out there half the years going out, you know, mm. the Smoky Mountains, Blue Ridge Parkway. If you get a yes. chance to do the drive the Blue Ridge Parkway and go through that and the leaves. Um, also in Smoky Mountain National Park, um, yes. there's areas where you, that's the time when um, you're going to see the elk rutting. And it's oh. just, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's an American treasure. I'm, I'm really looking it. forward to that. And another trip I'd like to do this year maybe in late summer is the North Carolina coast. I've never oh, been yes. to the Outer <gasps> Banks. I've never been to Ocracote Island. And mm. when I went to this big travel show in January, where we meet with all these destinations, I met with them. And when I look at those wild horses on the beach and I've just got to go. Yeah. Uh, that's on my list. It's, Beautiful. Nancy and I did one drive and there's also a national wildlife refuge close to there, alligator national wildlife refuge. And mm. guess what? There's alligators. Well, so <laughs> I'll do anything to see an alligator. Right. But there's also red, um, red wolves that they're, oh. re- I wanted to say red panda bears for some reason. I don't know why, but they're red wolves that they're reintroducing back. And so this wildlife refuge is known for this. So if you get a chance to do that while you're up there, it'll be mind-blowing and that area that coastline has got so much history the yes. whole North Carolina coast all of it, it it's the history is insane and we'll go right and you know the flight that's oh where yes that's happened. right yes and that's right history. there's a national seashore up there so you've got work to do <laughs> yes I'm looking forward to that that's sad isn't it sad life you know, all yeah. these things you have to, you know, I'm, oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to North Carolina. Oh, no, I'm going to Egypt. I don't know. I'm going to Machu Picchu, you know, sad life, you know, but I yes. think you're going to have a wonderful time in Machu Picchu. Do you have any other international trips planned? Yes. Uh, just in two weeks, I go to Canada, uh, Banff and Jasper in no. Alberta. Are you kidding me? Yes. I've oh. been invited to go. Uh, it's a uh, there's a collection of luxury properties in national parks called Pursuit. And they've invited me in a small group. We're going to go up to the Pyramid Lake Lodge, an alpine lodge north in Jasper. And we're going to walk the ice uh, canyon, it's called. It's a wintertime experience. And so I'm gathering, since I've moved, you know, all of my clothes are like this. So I'm gathering winter clothes anywhere I can find them under the bed because it's almost springtime in Texas, but it is bitter cold up in Alberta, Canada. Yeah, but that's going to be magical. Banff and Jasper are like, yeah, Nancy keeps talking, but we need to do that. We need to do that, you know? So that's going to be, so going to these extremes, that's the thing too. It's kind of amazing, isn't it? It kind of, it's humbling, you know, when you, when you travel, when you experience these things, you know, it's just like, oh yeah. Um, Yeah, we can't control everything. (laughs) Yes. And you know, the funny thing is, uh, cold to hot. I don't, I, I'm lucky that I, I don't catch colds. I don't, uh, I'm just so excited. I think when you're happy with your life and you're busy, busy, uh, your adrenaline is up and I think you're, you're kind of also being outside that that's being outside and you embrace whatever's going on, you know, we did that in the Pacific Northwest this winter, you know, it was cold. It was but there was an exhilaration you get, mm-hmm. you know, that you, hey, I did it. <laughs> I did just on this inside. trip, I will be ice skating on an alpine <gasps> lake 
And You're when asking. I was a girl in Ohio, little tiny town, we had ponds that froze over and I ice skated. I mean, I can twirl and ski backwards, and, but I haven't done it for years. So I'm looking forward to snowshoeing wow. and ice skating. You're going to snowshoe. How cool. Yes. That's fun. That's fun. I want to learn how to do that. Those big shoes, you know, that's yeah, amazing. I've never done it. You know, I, I haven't either, but um, Nancy and I dressed up as clowns for a nonprofit thing that we were doing, raising funds for an animal shelter, go figure. And um, we had those huge clown shoes and <laughs> I learned how to walk in them. So <laughs> yeah. if I could walk and dance in them and entertain people in them, I figure I could snowshoe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, you're going to have to report back and let us know how you do those shoes going from skates to big shoes. Who knows? That's going to be fun to do. But uh, everyone, SharonKKurtz.com. We've got that right for your website. That's right. That's the, and also you're on Instagram. That's your main, your main uh, yes, social media. Yes, yes. That's where I post a lot of my travel. I have a Facebook page, but somehow Instagram is where I gravitate because I love pictures and that's pictures, what it is. Yes. So, okay. And that's Sharon underscore. Yes. Char, my first four letters, Char underscore Kurtz. And you can find me on Instagram. All right. So everyone, if you just go to Sharon's website, Sharon uh, Kurtz, uh, com, and that's Kurtz with a K, uh, go there and uh, you'll be able to connect with her through everything there. But it's, it's so much fun to chat with you again. You too, Lisa. All right. We'll talk again. You know that. Look forward to it. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Big Blend Radio. Keep up with our shows at BigBlendRadio.com.